on your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the first edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, we chat with Melbourne women's AFL coach and newly appointed WA State women's coach Michelle Cohen. We also speak with star half forward for the Darabin Falcons, Katie Brennan. And we talk about the VU St Albans Spurs Tour of the USA with Spurs player Katie Lembeski. All that and more coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Hi, I'm your host Peter Holden. Thanks very much for joining us on our very first podcast. One, hopefully of many and we certainly need your input if you're from anywhere around Australia that's interested in women's footy particularly the states such as South Australia New South Wales ACT and Queensland NT Tasmania send us an email girlsplayfootyradio at gmail.com let us know what's happening in your part of the world particularly as well if you'd like to uh, call up and be part of the program so therefore we're not too Victorian centric because we do admit we are based in Melbourne and a big shout out to the crew at Girls playfooty.com as well for hosting our podcast let's get straight into it and our first interview uh michelle cohen she is the coach of the melbourne women's afl side two from two so far her coaching record at that level and it could be four from four maybe her new adversary is craig starsevich who'll be coaching the western bulldogs side they'll be playing twice this year once at the mcg against the western bulldogs that date of course being sunday may 24th and then they'll meet again on Sunday August 16th at Etihad Stadium and just quickly as well if you're a women's footballer that wants to apply for the draft to get selected for this game the draft closes on February 27th but need not fear need not fear they have a selection on April 20 and they'll have another mini draft as well on July 22 later in the year but let's get to our special guest Michelle Cohen who's just recently been appointed as the WA State Women's Coach that's after the recent two years at WA under 18 level where they beat the Victorians Michelle congratulations on the appointment where you get to take on the Vicks again on June 5th yeah no it's a really exciting challenge and um, I'm wrapped to be on board and, and certainly after, I guess, my experience with the under-18s for the last two years, uh, um, you know, it just seems really important to, I guess, go to that next level and um, coaching the open women's. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really exciting. I guess the advantage is with the WA side, unlike the Melbourne side, which uh, not only is a collection of girls from all across Australia, but you only had a very limited amount of time with them. With the WA side, you're actually able to spend more months with them before the game on June 5th. Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll look at having our trials will probably happen uh, mid-March and, and then from there, we'll, you know, hopefully we get around 70 or 80 girls down during that period to try out for the team and, and then we'll look at selecting it, um, a team of, of 25 or so and, and have a few training sessions between March and, and the June 5 session. So, yeah, really looking forward to that program. We've got a, a brilliant coaching panel and, and coaching unit that we've appointed and who I guess are doing a bit of talent identification at the moment and then um, yeah looking forward to get stuck in things in, in March. WA were runners-up to Victoria at the last Open Women's National Championships held up in Queensland, uh, and there was still a significant gap in the final score between the Big V and WA. What do you think needs to be done to try and bridge that gap to catch up to Victoria? Yeah, look, they're uh, obviously historically Victoria, just a benchmark um, for Open Women's female footy, and, and, and we all know that. And, you know, we're going to have to be at our best and, and pick a, a really elite team to 
speaking competitive against the Victorians. So uh, I can just uh, imagine their quality side that they're going to have. So we want to make sure that we, we get the right people on board who who are going to be really competitive for us. And, you know, I know the girls are certainly really hungry, but like I said, the, the Victorians are just an amazing unit, a uh, fantastic team and, and the benchmarking the competition. So we're going to have to make sure that we do prepare really well for that that contest on Friday night footy. And I guess that uh, works to your advantage being at home ground at Patterson Stadium on uh, Friday, June 5th as the curtain racer to the Fremantle versus Richmond AFL game. Yeah, I think the girls have had a lot of travel in the past, you know, with Cairns and, um, you know, it's, I think it might be the first time, um, well, certainly not the first time for Open, but first time for the under-18 youth girls being in Mandurah as well in, in May. And then for us to have the one game at Patterson is exciting. So, yeah, there, there's no travel there for the girls, and um, which, you know, part of, part of them, you know, they really like that travel and, and get to have that team building and that team bonding time when you do travel away which is really important as well but I guess we do have that home home advantage um, which will be better which will be great for us Looking ahead to the AFL uh, Women's Exhibition match, uh, now you have uh, the opportunity twice to appear on the big stage uh, against the Western Bulldogs this year. Uh, you've had to cull the list back to six. How difficult was that to essentially have a list of 24, 25 girls and get it back to just six? Yeah, it was uh, it was a difficult process. I felt that uh, going on the game and and knowing the girls, there's a number of girls that put their hand up to be part of that six. And uh, for me and I guess our selection committee, it was a difficult process and a number of uh, discussions that we had with uh, our coaches and, and selection panel. But you know, really wrapped for the six that that got selected and and every single one of those six certainly deserved their opportunity and and I know that they're keen and and very honoured as well to get the opportunity so looking forward to how they respond to it. And once again a strong WA flavour there, three of the six girls from WA, uh, Chelsea Randall, Kirby Bentley and Cara Donnellan. Yeah, yeah, all three are just brilliant characters and, and fantastic leaders as well and the way that they go about their footy is, is just sensational so um, you know those girls are really excited to be back on board with Melbourne and um, no doubt will just absolutely uh, light up the MCG uh, for game one and, and Eddie had game two. And of course uh, rounding out the six include Melissa Hickey and uh, Daisy Pierce, both from uh, Darabin and Victoria and uh, Taylor Harris who we all remember not only for kicking the two goals but for taking the mark of the game and have you spoken to Chelsea Randall? Does she feel a little cheated that she was the player of the game but no one was really talking about Chelsea they're all talking about Taylor's mark yeah, well, it's, uh, it's amazing how a big mark like that, uh, you know, I think it's had millions and millions of views, um, which is fantastic for the game. But I think Chelsea's really happy that uh, um, Harris took that. And I think Chelsea was amongst that pack grab as well. So she, she was in there, but uh, she's wrapped for the for the young kid in Harris to to take that, um, yeah, to, I guess to really shine a light on female footy. And uh, you're missing a couple of players, obviously, from that six. Uh, one retiring being uh, Lou Watton, who's uh, now going into triathlon. Uh, the other big loss as well, it'll be interesting to see if you pick her up again or if she gets picked up by the Western Bulldogs, was uh, the girl who got the most possessions on the ground and Ellie Blackburn. Yeah, she Ellie had a, uh, an absolute uh, great game. And, um, you know, it was really difficult to not keep her in the six. She's an absolutely talented player. And I honestly don't think we've seen the best of Ellie Blackburn yet. I reckon um, she'll um, 
be an amazing player in the future. She's such a young girl. She's very coachable and, you know, I really enjoyed having her on our team. And, you know, we'll see. It'll be an interesting draft night, that's for sure. And obviously now you have your six and you just need to fill in the remaining positions. Uh, just to give a heads up to those girls who are starting to uh, put their names forward for the Women's AFL Draft, what are the qualities that you're looking for to add to the Melbourne side for this year? Yeah, look, I think, you know, we've certainly had a, a bit of success at Melbourne, but there's certainly a lot of room for improvement and an opportunity to go into the draft gives us an opportunity to shape the team the way that we want to um, really build it and move forward and, and continue to be the benchmark team and in the AFL for women. So, you know, we look for great characters and, and great leaders and, and, and girls with great attitudes as well um, as part of our, I guess, our trademark. But we also, you know, highly, highly skilled players. Um, we're talking about the highest possible level you can play AFL so we want the most elite in players so we want elite runners we want elite skill level um, we want girls to really start taking you know that those six certainly are taking um, the role really really seriously and, and raising the bar for female football and and it's an exciting time ahead so I'm seeing girls put their hand up already I'm seeing girls um, in just with elite preparation about, about the way that they're training right now, the way that they're looking after their bodies. And, and they're already putting their hands up saying, look, I want to get drafted. And, and as a coach, you can see how serious they are about it and, and really want to grab that opportunity. And just quickly on that, uh, unlike the men's AFL side where it's all full-time and they've got uh, the, the resources of those scouts to be able to run over the countryside and, and show vision, essentially, of uh, what each player can do, uh, how do your networks work? How do you get an idea of the quality of the player that you're selecting? Yeah, for me, I, my preference is to try and get to as many of the All-Star games that I can get to. So I was certainly... Um, last year went, went across to Queensland and, you know, really saw something in Zilks while we were over there, as well as Taylor Harris and, you know, opportunity to sit down and have a chat with girls one-on-one when you're potentially looking at um, drafting them to see if they, you know, tick those boxes with our trademark that we're looking for. So the opportunity to get across to games and watch them live is um, certainly a preference. But other than that, um, in the lead-up to the draft, uh, probably family takes a, a little bit of a back step there and I'm just watching a lot of videos and the kids are watching a lot of footy vision and we're getting games sent from Northern Territory and um, Tasmania and, and I'll, I'll be in South Australia watching their All-Stars game just a couple of days before the draft so yeah we certainly watch a lot of footage and, and speak to a lot of coaches and, and our coaches as well assistant coaches at Melbourne will be getting out to a lot of the games um, in their designated areas as well. That was Michelle Cohen, the new WA State women's coach and, of course, as we mentioned earlier, the current Melbourne AFL women's coach. And we should mention as well that uh, both sides, Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs, have announced the six players that they will retain from the 2014 list. The rest have to go back into the draft where they want to be selected again. Some have retired as well. Now, again, the retained players for Melbourne are from WA, Chelsea Randell, Kirby Bentley, Cara Dunnallen from Queensland, the Kilda took the mark as we mentioned earlier Taylor Harris and uh, both from Darabin and Victoria the remaining two players Daisy Pierce, the Melbourne captain, and Melissa Hickey. Uh, for the Western Bulldogs side, coach Craig Starsevich has selected to keep six Victorians, them being Emma Carney from Melbourne University, Mo Hope from the St Kilda Sharks, Steph Chochi from Diamond Creek, and three girls from Darabin, Darcy Vesio, 
Astor O'Connor and the star centre-half forward for the Darabin Falcons. We speak of number 16, Katie Brennan. Katie, thank you very much for joining us and congratulations on being retained on the Bulldogs list. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty amazing um, honour and I really can't wait to get out there and, um, I guess, meet my new teammates and play with uh, some of the, the girls that have been kept from the Bulldogs and um, just, I guess... Um, you know, experience the the amazing opportunity again. So very exciting. And when did you first hear of the news that you've been retained on the list? Um, we got a call from um, Craig Startsvich, which is our uh, the new Bulldogs coach. So we had a personal call and um, yeah, just chatted to him for for a while, and um, that's where we heard the news. And then we actually had to keep it quiet for um, maybe two weeks or so before the um, the AFL. Um, that out there media release and then you know we could start telling people so yeah it's um, pretty exciting and you mentioned the name Craig Starsevich of course the big news there for the Bulldogs is they've gone with Craig as their coach for this year there'll be two games uh, of the AFL exhibition matches in 2015 uh, in your conversation with Craig did he uh, outline his expectations for this year um, we kind of just, you know, touched base and had a chat about the other retained players and that kind of stuff. I think we'll get uh, a little bit deeper into it when we uh, all closer to the games. But, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting to have a coach um, of Craig's calibre. He's um, obviously, as a Queenslander, I'm pretty excited to be coached under him as well. And, um, yeah, it's just going to be, I think it's going to be just the next step for the Bulldogs and hopefully it'll, um, you know, help develop some of the girls and maybe get us over the line. So very exciting. Uh, now, of course, you've uh, been in the system uh, under the Western Bulldogs, training there at Witten Oval. How much did you pick up from your time uh, training there to be able to move into your business, which is K Brennan Fitness? And I believe you've had uh, started an AFL uh, pre-season program. Yeah, so um, training at Witten, obviously there's amazing facilities there. Um, we got to have a look around the gym and um, train in there, yeah, the undercover area and that kind of stuff when we were in the program. So just to see um, to see that elite environment was very exciting and obviously um, to train out on the ground. Um, we picked up a lot of stuff and we had, we're under um, Tennille Hay, our strength and conditioning coach, who is a massive role model for me. Um, and I have so much respect for her. So I've learned a lot from her. And then, um, yeah, just decided to, to try and make something out of it. So Lauren Arnell and I um, joined together. And um, obviously, I'm more the strength and conditioning side of it. And she's um, a very good kicking analysis coach um, and um, goes through all the, the game sense and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think um, we work quite well together. And we just pulled this little program together. And we were initially aiming to... I guess, try and um, develop some of the girls that have played footy for a longer time. But we got a, a little bit of a different audience. We got some, some new faces, some younger girls who um, were in some Calder Cannons programs and that kind of stuff. So um, a little bit of a different mix with the girls, but it worked so well. And just to see um, how much they progressed and, um, you know, how much of an impact we made on those girls with the six sessions we did, or sorry, the four sessions that we did, um, it was just amazing. And, um, yeah, it was just really rewarding as well. So we're definitely hoping to do another pre-season program and then eventually, hopefully, take it into state one day. So I think that's probably one of our dreams to do. So very exciting. 
Now, now in your program, as you mentioned, you had a, a number of girls from the Calder Cannons. Have you been able to d- have a look at the difference between the footballers of, let's say, the current generation of those in their mid-20s compared to those coming through? Because I guess for the girls of the Calder Cannon, they're the first generation that have come through the youth girls program and had that pathway. Yeah, definitely. So, again, we had um, maybe about four or five younger girls and um, the rest were, you know, those older girls maybe in their first or second or third year of footy. So to see the difference between the two, um, I think, I guess, the probably the age group from, you know, 12 to, to 15, it, it's really important to start developing the girls' skills. And that's where Loz came in and um, just, yeah, like uh, changing their kicking style and that kind of stuff, just getting in early and, and creating really positive motor patterns and that and um yeah just teaching them the basics and hopefully they'll grow from there but those girls are just amazing so the the talent and you know the caliber of player that's coming through is just it's very exciting to watch so i think you know us older girls have to keep on our toes and keep training hard otherwise they're going to be taken over in the future i think and what about for your own personal development? Of course, you were playing your, your, your junior girls footy up in Queensland before you moved down to Victoria. Uh, what have you been able to pick up in your own personal development by moving into state? It's been a massive move for me um, and one that I'm so glad that I did. Um, Queensland football was great and um, it gave me, you know, it took me to the level that I was at. Um, at the stage but I, I think I just wanted a little bit extra and just some personal development as well as you know football development so um, taking like all credit to Queensland I had a great um, or an, a great upbringing there and um, my first you know my first 10 years of footy were awesome there um, but to move into state it's just been incredible and I guess um, my first year I was coach um, under Pete Searle and um, I learned a lot from her and um, to go to Darabin as well, I've just I've learnt so much from Darabin. It's just I feel like it's developed my football a lot, um, and also I've just developed as a person. So I think on the whole, um, the move has been very positive for me, and I'm absolutely loving it in Victoria. And I think I'll um, I'll be staying for a while. So. And of course, uh, with that, you've been able to set up your business as well, which I believe is not too far away from uh, Darabin's headquarters itself. No, it's not. It's just down the road, actually, which is, um, yeah, it's pretty handy. So, yeah, it's um, it's kind of um, trying to be, you know, a part-time athlete and then trying to just make a lifestyle around that as well. So with um, personal training and strength and conditioning work, it's, it's very flexible, but it's more about just, I guess, making an impact. And um, I really want to... I guess make my mark on on a, on footy on women's footy and um, to be coaching some of the younger girls and and um, putting them through some of my elite programs and just teaching them um, what it takes to become elite and um, you know things like nutrition and recovery and those sort of things things that they don't often get from their club or from you know their coaches um, so to teach them that it's just it's really re- rewarding and I guess to see the growth of those younger girls is amazing as well so um, yeah the business is flying at the moment which is pretty exciting I'm just about to go on holidays um, before the footy the footy season starts so I'm off to Bali tonight actually so um, it'll be nice to get away for a little bit and then just come back nice and refreshed and yeah keep keep rolling so uh, just looking at your goal kicking for a moment uh, in men's football we normally mark down the inside 50s my co-commentator Daniel Hill in women's football likes to mark down the inside 30s as uh, most female footballers are more comfortable having a shot from about 30 35 meters out from goal but yourself we've noticed on several occasions you're more comfortable having a shot from 45 or 50 meters out from goal now has that been a natural talent for you to be able to kick that far or is that something you've had to work on 
I guess um, I think the work came in the younger years. I used to run around with a football for, you know, hours on end and I'd be the first at training and, you know, the last going home from training and I just used to work on my goal kicking and I think the main thing is just getting a routine down pat and just backing yourself behind the goal. I've always had a bit of a, a tip to, you know, whoever I coach or, you know, any of the athletes in my team just to pick a spot behind the goals and and just kind of don't think about anything else but the goal, uh, but the, that spot behind the goals. Um, and then also just going through your routine and making sure that's the same every single time. And um, I guess, yeah, I feel comfortable kicking from a little bit further out. I feel a bit pressured when, you know, you're, you're five or ten metres out kicking for goal. But, um, yeah, I'd like to sometimes go for the longer kicks. But, again, I guess at Darabin, um, another thing that I've um, learnt is that we really like to share the ball around. So it doesn't really matter how how the ball gets through the goal it's just um yeah it's kind of it's whoever gets it there it's kind of a team effort so um yeah it's been really good to learn from them but yeah definitely hoping to um you know be a bit more comfortable around goal again this year and I've definitely been practicing over over the pre-season putting some hours in so yeah just having a look at uh, Darabin for 2015, I've had a look at the transfers page. There's a bit of activity around St Kilda and VU St Albans, but very little for Darabin. And I guess uh, it's one thing to your credit is you're able to promote within the youth girls, again, being very successful, the under-18 side, five premierships in a row. Is there any of those under-18 girls coming through this year? And out of the lot, which looks most impressive to you? We have had a few um, that have jumped up. We had... Um a couple of young girls that actually played in the finals and the grand final last year that were just amazing for us. Um, that's the thing. We, as um, a club, we really try and just develop the girls that we have. Um, you know, if there's new talent that walks through the door, then we'll definitely take it. But it's more about just nurturing that talent that, that we have and those younger girls and, and kind of trying to grow them as footballers and as people. So we definitely have some cracking young players. Um, Probably Jenna Lawson Tavern. She's one of our um, one of our young guns coming through, and we've got Jess Delpos and Shan in about their I think maybe second, third, or fourth year. So there's um, um and sorry and Beck Privatelli. So there is a few a few young young faces out there, um, and hopefully they're gonna they've had a massive preseason. So hopefully we'll step up again and. Um, yeah, show some form on the field. Without giving away too much of Richard Dalpos's plans for 2015, how does he keep the girls focused on improving? For, for other sides, it's easier. They get to look at Darabin and they say, that's the target, that's the goal, that's who we've got to reach if we want to win the flag. How does he keep your, your girls focused to make sure that you keep up the high standard that you've set so far, and don't, which sometimes happens with some sides when they've been at the top for a while, when they try and take shortcuts? Yeah, Richo is amazing like that. He just continually challenges us. So individually, he'll challenge us. And as a team, he'll challenge us. So we have um, obviously an amazing strength and conditioning coach in Tennille Hay, who is putting us through some pretty grueling um, some pretty grueling strength and conditioning sessions. So that kind of develops our mental toughness and keeps us striving to be better. But Richo just... Um, Probably one of his his goals this year is to make sure we don't get too comfortable. Um, it'll be, you know, with our fitness stuff and then um, with the drills that he puts us through and even on game day. Um, it's kind of, it's being, we've got a little quote that we, um, that I'll share and it's just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So, um, yeah, just continually pushing ourselves and kind of, 
your body can do more than your mind think it, thinks it can. So that's kind of the the um, the focus that we have at Darabin and just continually um, striving to improve ourselves as individuals and then obviously on a team level as well. And just before we let you go, have you set for yourself a personal goal for 2015? Um, yeah, well, I guess one of my goals was to be retained uh, by the Western Bulldogs, um, which... Um, yeah, I've ticked off at the start of the season, which is exciting. But I guess to to just keep improving as a footballer um, and to help develop those younger girls coming through as well and some of my teammates, um, I think probably, again, on the goals list is to hopefully win another premiership with, with Darabin um, and then maybe get a couple of wins on the board with the Western Bulldogs as well. And um, I'd love to be um, in the, the leadership team for Darabin again this year. So, yeah, there's a few personal goals there and I guess um, some smaller goals of just breaking my, my game down a little bit and working on, you know, defensive pressure and um, my goal kicking and um, explosive power and that kind of stuff. So just, um, yeah, there's some small goals there and there's some, some bigger goals on a, on a team level as well. So so I'm very exciting. And I this uh, seven weeks or eight weeks it is before the, the season, it's kind of dragging out a little bit. I just want to get into it and start playing. So can't wait. And a big thank you of course to Katie Brennan for her time and of course she'll be fronting again in season 2015 for the Darabin Falcons and their opening game of season 2015 in the Premier Division will be on Sunday April 12th. It'll be a grand final rematch when they take on Diamond Creek at the Nest yes at AH Cap Reserve in West Preston and uh, the fixture has been put out for the VWFL uh, as we go to uh, production for Premier, Division 1, Division 2 and Division 3. And Premier and Division 1 will be kicking off on Sunday, April 12th. Uh, Divisions 2 and 3 kicking off in the following week, being the 19th. Now, some things have changed. Uh, In the Premier Division, we had seven signs last year. Uh, One of them has, well, disappeared from that division. That is being the Bendigo Thunder. They were having a very hard time uh, struggling to score, let alone looking to win. And uh, they've elected now to go down to Division 1. So hopefully some more competitive football for them, and hopefully they can get onto the winner's sheet. There's also been a shake-up in Division 1 with some new clubs joining. That's being promoted from Division 2, the two grand finalists from last year. The Premier's being North Geelong, the runners-up being the Seaford Tiger Ets. And uh, there's also been one side going down to Division 2 from Division 1, and that is the St Norbans Spurs. So for the first time ever, uh, five of the six Premier Division sides have a team in Division 1. That's being their reserves, of course. While the Snorban Spurs, uh, who are in Premier Division, their reserves will play in Division 2 after they struggled all year in Division 1. And that's what we have on the line. Uh, one of their players who commonly plays in that side and also looks after communications for the VU Snorban Spurs in Katie Lambeski. But Katie, before we talk about, uh, I, I guess, the step down to Division 2, let's look at the positives for a moment. Uh, the VU Snorban Spurs were the first women's side to tour the USA. Now, you still must be on a high. I mean, it might have been back in October, but it must have been a sensational feeling uh, going and playing footy over in the United States. Just such a high, you know, such an experience. Um, touring those those cities is just unbelievable experience. And meeting some great people over there um, through the, uh, the ladies' teams in the US uh, was fantastic. Now, how did that come about for the VU St. Albans Spurs to actually tour the United States? Um, 
probably about, well, it was about a year and a half in the making. Um, one of uh, one of the girls around the club, uh, Rebecca Towns, uh, recently found, uh, at that time, found um, a way for us to do it, a way to, to uh, like, for sports tours. And we pretty much, we worked it out with um, the USAFL. Um, just had to get a few things right with dates. And then once we could do that, it was sort of about getting it together in terms of our people, um, in terms of how many would come, the expenses, the sponsors, and all of that. So a lot of work went into it. Um, we're very lucky to have such a dedicated group that made it happen. So something I'll forever be thankful for. And uh, what US size did you end up playing while you were over there? Uh, US sides such as the New York Magpies, um, the Boston Lady Demons, um, the San the San Francisco Iron Maidens, and yeah, um, we had it. They had a few people come from other other places in the states. So you have like two from Seattle come down and join with the Boston team in the New York tournament. So they really do band together. So it was just a really interesting thing to see and uh, really different kind of experience that I get down here, definitely. And how did you find the standard of competition from the uh, USA women? Um, very raw, I'd say, but I reckon if you give them a few years' time, they'd be able to compete probably with teams down here soon enough because they've got a passion for it, which was really good to see. And the other games are not traditionally theirs. So, I mean, I think in terms of the skill... There's definitely room to work on there, but they've definitely got a passion for it and a, you know, a, um, a, an enthusiasm for it. That's the word. And how did it go logistics, uh, having everything together? Because not only have you, you obviously got players over there, but how many coaching staff did you bring along? Obviously, you've got to think about people running out water bottles, tape. You know, you've still got to prepare for a football match. How did that, that all come together? Yeah, we had um, family members that were coming on tour that were you know, good enough to help run water or I think a couple of them actually did a couple of boundary umpiring or goal umpiring. So we had the families and we had um, a couple of our coaches fly up, mainly Belinda Migiani was the head coach of the tour. Sean Potter uh, wasn't able to make it. So she did a great job and she was uh, well assisted by Rebecca Towns. We have a different structure for season 2015, the VWFL, at least for the VU's and Northern Spurs. Let's first of all look at your first side. You're now playing in a more condensed competition in six sides only with Bendigo going down to Division 1. Yeah, um, I think that's an area that definitely needs a lot of work. I think six teams in the premier, comp- the premier competition of the VWFL isn't quite where it should be. Um, I think... It needs to grow, but at the same time, I don't see teams that are ready to step in there. So I think it's a, it's a going to be, but at the same time, it's going to be a harder competition because you've got six teams or five other teams that know what it's about and that are very tough teams. You've got teams like Melbourne Union, the Diamond Creek, and obviously teams like St Kilda in the chasing pack, and who can forget Darabin? So. It's going to be tough, definitely. 
And just before we get on to some of those players that have come across to you for season 2015, um, for the first time, your reserves have now gone down to Division 2. What is the feeling for that? You're the only Premier Division uh, club to have a side in Division 2 as opposed to Division 1. Is it a bit of pill to swallow or is it, in another sense, a bit of a relief because you, you were struggling in season 2014? Yeah, um, we're approaching it optimistically. Um, we see this as an opportunity to rebuild and in an area where we're not actually in the top flight. So to make it easier rather than chucking girls in the deep end, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it's about approaching this optimistically. It's about building not just for this season, but for the seasons ahead. So I think if we take an enthusiastic approach to it, then I think we can make it a success. And, and how hard is it to uh, to keep a side together? And not only the, the reserves are struggling, but um, uh, for St Norman, it's a very respectable finish of fifth last year, but still a long way off, particularly the likes of Darabin at the top of the tree. How how difficult is it to keep it together, to keep the morale together? Because, for example, we, we look at uh, Division 3 from last year. You've had a side like Wyndham Vale, went through undefeated, not fielding a side this year. Golden Point, runners-up in Division 4, not fielding a side this year how hard is it to keep everything together to make sure it doesn't fall to pieces um what it's about is having a strong culture and having good people around you and we definitely have that in spades so i think that's been the key to it i think any club that went through what we went through wouldn't be existing today and it's a testament to the people that we have it's a testament to the people that have not only stayed at the club, but came back to the club. Some of the old veterans that played in the early 2000s and, you know, throughout the, in the last few years came back to us. So it's about having a strong culture. It's about having, it's about creating an environment where people want to come back to. And I think we've done that really well. And we've been able to hold on to a core nucleus of our groups of last year and keeping them into now. Uh, we're also building up into... Um, into this year, building it up. So we had Jesse's come across and returning to us, which is a great boon for us. And, um, yeah, look, we, we've struggled, but I think we're in a very good position to build on and to get better. Yeah, let's have a look at some of those players that have come across. I've been looking at the um, transfer sheet. Jess Heath, of course, Premiership player with uh, Wyndham Vale now coming to you. Um, I also noticed you picked up uh, someone from Queensland as well, and Alison Roy. Yeah, thrilled to have her on board. And uh, trained with her a couple nights in the last few weeks, so she's going to fit in really well. Um, we're out to have her on board and can't wait to see what she produces when the, when the whistle finally sounds. And you've also picked up a number of youth girls from across the uh, different leagues. But the one that has certainly caught my eye, uh, she played for you last year. In fact, we gave her a play on the ground when you took on the Eastern Devils in Debbie uh, 300th. Uh, she's originally from Sunbury and Alexandra Quigley, who I, I probably best described as more of a, of a tall athletic forward. Yeah, she definitely fits that bill. Um, I haven't seen a better mark than her in a long, long time such fantastic skills at that age we're just right to have her and she's i think she can only get better she's a great kid she's got a good head on her and we just can't wait to see her develop 
And with that, as I was mentioning, with uh, quite a number of your um, transfers coming across from uh, the youth girls of other leagues, has this been a big focus of the football department, the VU uh, St Albans Spurs, to look at youth, to look at, rather than saying, look, we're not in the premiership chase for this year or next year, we are looking years down the track? Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think it's we definitely have an eye on what we're doing in the future because if you keep looking on the now eventually that'll catch up with you and I think we'll learn that in the hard way and to have these youth girls coming across to build on what we already have I think is fantastic and it's definitely going to hold hold us in good stead in future and without well as far as this year is concerned it's They'll definitely get great experience coming in there and they'll get great experience playing with experienced players and playing in the top flight. So they're gonna prove they're definitely gonna prove their worth. I can't I can't wait to see it. And we thank Katie Lambeski very much for her time. Now, before we uh, wrap up this very first edition of the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast, uh, we should mention a few things uh, before we go. As we announced the uh, VWFL uh, fixture coming out, at least for Premier Division 1, Division 2 and Division 3 as we go to production. Some feature matches uh, coming up. There will still be the uh, Anzac Day game, which is the Victorian All-Stars versus the uh, ADF. There'll also be some state football in the Queen's birthday weekend. We mentioned earlier Victoria versus WA over in WA on Friday, June 5th and a date still be confirmed of Victoria versus New South Wales. Also we should mention that Darabin and the uh, Eastern Devils will be playing a game in northeast Victoria. They'll be playing in Wangaratta. Now I haven't seen it yet on the VWFL website but from what I gather it might be on Saturday the 9th of May at 4.30pm but uh, keep your eyes peeled for further information and some great news is well from the uh, VWFL and that is that nine new sides have joined the competition for season 2015. This includes uh, Ajax, Bacchus Marsh, Bulleen Templestowe, Fitzroy ACU, that's the Fitzroy uh, Footy Club teaming up with ACU, AFL Gippsland has entered the side in the competition, Kitan is in the competition, Seville Rangers and Endeavour Hills, get this, they're a new club and they're going to be entering two sides. We should also mention that the St Kilda Sharks will also field three sides this year, the same amount as Melbourne Uni, which is fantastic to see. Unfortunately, two clubs, at least at senior level, have departed the scene for season 2015, the Wyndham Vale Falcons, who were premiers in Division 3 last year, will not field a senior women's side this year, but I believe they'll be fielding a youth girls side. And the same for Golden Point. They're the Dragons from Ballarat. They were Division 4 runners-up last year. They will not be fielding a side this year. So disappointing that two haven't uh, come round for 2015, but let's hope that they'll be back again in Season 2016. So that wraps up the podcast. I'm Peter Holden. It's been a pleasure having your company. If you'd like to be uh, interviewed on behalf of your club or you know someone we should interview or you'd like to uh, give us some feedback on what's happening in South Australia, Queensland, New South Wales and all the other states to make sure we're not just a Victorian-centric podcast, feel free to email us girlsplayfootyradio at gmail.com. That address again, girlsplayfootyradio at gmail.com. Until next time, it's bye for now.